What's going on? Welcome to the show. Happy uh, Tuesday. Yeah, I was a liar. Sorry about that. On Friday, I said I was going to be back on Monday, and I totally wasn't. My bad. My bad. I was uh, actually off yesterday for Labor Day, celebrating as all good communists do. Um, No, actually, today we're going to talk a little bit about labor and work and the dignity of work, the value of work, because now all of the people who have been out on unemployment, uh, now they're having to make some decisions, right? And there's media coverage about uh, the jobless Americans, that now they have very few options aside from working, right? They have few options. Uh, So if you want to weigh in on this uh, about what we're talking it's going to be expansive, talking about jobs, good jobs, bad jobs. I mean, even the worst jobs that I've ever had uh, taught me something, right? That's the whole I mean, that's the whole point. You get the experience. You learn stuff, even from the bad jobs. Um, like one example, I uh, it was only a one-day job that I did. I, uh, I was helping a buddy of mine. He, w- he was a general contractor, and I went out and I helped him uh, finish up a project that he needed, just somebody to go out and uh, press the sod. So like the grass, he laid all this sod, and he needed me to go out with this big, it's basically like a, uh, a barrel filled with water with a handle on it and the barrel would roll. So it was really, really heavy and you'd have to just push the barrel on the sod to push it down to like, sm- to like smush it down into the dirt. I don't know. That's, he just, he said he would pay me, you know, like, I don't know, 10 bucks an hour or something to do it. And I needed the money cause I wanted to go see a concert out of town. I didn't have any money. So I was like, this was, you know, I was, back in college days. And so I was like, all right, I'll go do it. And so I went and did it and I learned sunscreen, sunscreen, very important when exposing uh, your arms, especially the part up there. That's the farmer tan part, you know, that doesn't get the sun up there. Cause for some reason I wore a shirt that didn't have sleeves and I was out there all day. And then I got so sunburned that I got the money, but I could not go to the concert. So, yeah, lesson learned. So even the bad jobs <laughs> have have taught me something, as they should for everybody, right? Um, I am kind of curious, though, what folks are seeing um, when they are in their own workplaces, when people are showing up to work, if at all. We've seen the, I mean, well, heck, here we go. This was Charlotte Observer a couple weeks back, Bojangles going to close 300 restaurants for two days to give their workers a break. You've probably experienced this too. You go out to eat. I have as well. Um, And the service is really, really slow. The uh, takes a a long time to even get seated. Uh, Some places aren't even open. And uh, like there was a place back in Asheville. I mean, they just closed for the entire month. Like of June, I want to say May or June which is prime tourist season. And they just closed for a whole month in Biltmore village um, because they just, they didn't have staff to open. And so they said, we just, we cannot operate. Um, So Bojangles said it's going to close all company owned stores. They did this on August 30th, which was a Monday. And they're also going to do it, I guess on this coming Monday, the 13th, the closures cover 72 restaurants in the Charlotte region as well. Um, so 72, but there's like another 200 restaurants in eight Southern states that are, uh, are going to get shut down for these two days. 
The announcement did not say whether the people would be paid for the time off, and a Bojangles spokesperson was not immediately available. Associated Press reported that Bojangles employees will not be paid for the days off. Um, Then there was Chick-fil-A. A lot of Chick-fil-A locations dealing with a worker shortage. It's kind of funny to me, too, because the labor stats came out the other day, and I've got those, and the experts are all like, we don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> why are there, why are there, did we miss the uh, the predictions? The expectation was for three times as many jobs to have been created. Whatever could be the reason why people don't want to work. So many Chick-fil-A locations currently dealing with a worker shortage. CBS News reported that Certain Chick-fil-A locations, many of which were located in Alabama, were forced to close their dining rooms in order to navigate the shortage. As for why there is a worker shortage, experts have said that the leisure and hospitality sector is struggling amid the ongoing pandemic. So it's the it's the pandemic, you see. That's the reason. People don't want to go out to restaurants, I guess, because of the pandemic. That's the reason, right? I mean, because... The same thing happened with, like, all of the sporting events over the weekend we saw, right, with all of the football games being played, like nobody in the stands. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like they, I, I think it's because of COVID. This is what the president said, too. It's the Delta variant. That's the reason why we got the bad jobs report. It's the Delta variant. Now we got, we got the Moo, the Moo variant. And that one's... Apparently going to be like even more contagious. It's even worse. Alabama, uh, one location in Calera, Alabama, posted on their Facebook account that they were also dealing with this issue while trying to stay open to serve customers. They wrote on social media, quote, you may have noticed that we closed our dining room, turned off curbside delivery and limited the amount of catering orders we will accept. This was done to help reduce the stress on our team. Another question I have, is this the new normal? Are these fast food joints just not even going to open the dining rooms back up? Why would you? Really, if people are now accustomed to just getting their food thrown through a window into their car, like, why do I need to even go into the dining room to eat any longer? Just put some benches outside, right? So what do you think about this? Is this the new normal? What are you seeing at your workplace? And what have you even learned from the worst job you've had? News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Ryan wants to participate. This is his addition to the discussion. That's Ryan's contribution. Uh, All right, let's go to the phone lines here. John, welcome to the show. Hello, John. How are you? Hey, how are you? Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, sure. Uh, Long story short... Um, and this is kind of around my elbow, but it ties back to your point. I'm a landlord with multiple complexes. Oh. And I was, uh, I filed a couple of evictions, and one of the guys called me up and said, Hey, listen, why are you evicting me? I said, We haven't paid in four months. He's like, Well, you need to go fill out the paperwork for the hope, you know, whatever, yeah. so you can get paid. And I said, No, you need to do that. He's like, Well, if you want your money, you'll go do it. And my response was simply, now you know why you're being evicted. <laughs> I said, it's not my job to go and track down the money for you. And some people turn to me and say, well, gosh, that's dumb. You can go ahead and do all the work and get the, the lost rent. You know, no offense at this point, uh, with as much inflation that we're seeing, I'd rather just take the loss, dump the trash, and go get somebody better. So that – so. 
that is a good question because the HOPE program is the North Carolina uh, program. And what I think part of the federal program was that the landlords had to provide information to the tenants. And that went away, as I understand it. So um, the guy obviously knows about the program. Why wouldn't he go do it? Um, I've even offered, I had one guy who got behind and I say, listen, we're behind on maintenance. We'll pay you like you're a maintenance guy. Mm -hmm. If you just come and you can kind of work off. And he's like, well, I'm not doing that. You know, I've seen your maintenance guys and they're all sweaty. I I, I kid you not is what I was told. Oh my God. Okay. I can't, you know, again, I, I can't, I don't know how to help you. I just have no idea. I said, if you're unwilling to just, you know, help out the guys that are working. It's kind of like, and that made me think at the time when they were always talked about the guys that were over in the Iraqi war were living in tents and yet our prisoners lived in air conditioned, um, you know, units, um, you know, it just, it just a head scratcher. I, you know, I've, I, not that I'm hoping for a recession. I mean, I don't want our economy to get absolutely mm-hmm. hammered, but to some degree there needs to be some sort of a reset Uh-oh. so people can start understanding some value and some work ethic. It is, there is, there's part of me, let's say this way. There's part of me that recognizes the cycle of, let's say degradation that occurs right in people's desire to work and the motivation. There definitely is, I see it. There's, you know, and I think people have probably heard, uh, you know, that, you know, man moves through these cycles, like from, uh, from slavery into, uh, into freedom and then into uh, prosperity then into sloth and then back into slavery. And I, I know I'm like, I'm messing up that cycle, but I do recognize that there is something cyclical at work here, right? Where when you give people all of the options to not have to work, then they just will choose not to work because why would they, right? And if they don't want to get sweaty doing maintenance work to work off some of the debt, like that's not just a moral failing on their part, but there isn't any shame attached to that anymore. So why would they? Um, that's kind of sad. Thanks for the uh, call, John. I appreciate it. Let me go over here to Joe. Hello, Joe. What's up? How are you? Good afternoon. Hey. How's things going today? Oh, not too bad. How about you? Doing fine. I was just uh, commenting on some of the restaurants and stuff like that. We yeah. recently opened a restaurant, uh, Gastonia, and uh, we struggled with getting employees, and we luckily finally found a few good employees, but... We had to pay them. We had to give them the flexible hours. Pretty much, we feel like the employees are running the business, <laughs> uh, per, per se, to even right. have employees. And right. I think that is what the problem is with a lot of businesses, like, you know, some of the fast food places. You know, some days they're open, some days they aren't. And it has nothing to do with the virus. It has, something, it has all to do with not enough employees to handle the drive through or even the, uh, you know, the dining area. So, right. Until people are forced to work again, you're not going to see any any change or any improvement that for several several months. It, it probably even until next spring, I, w- I would imagine. But uh, it's it, the problem is people feel like they don't need to work. They can get by doing what they're doing. They can get by with some of their their handouts and some of their uh, things, and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's why you have a shortage because of what they've been given. The people that don't want to work. So, all right, so, uh, so your restaurant, is it a franchise? Is it like part of a national chain or is it just like local mom and pop kind of deal? No, we're just a local mom and pop. We're a creamery and uh, we uh, actually fixed and opened another restaurant 
we're taking some of the uh, boys we have now and giving them some manager positions, and they're happy. Yeah. And at first, you know, like, well, I can't make it tomorrow. I can't make it the next day. And I said, listen, if you're ever going to have anything in your life, you have to work. I mean, you can't lay around and get by. And that's what probably 80% of the fast food workers and stuff like that are doing because they know they can get by. Why work all these crazy hours at fast food and and put up with all the nonstop work? Why do it? Mm-hmm. They're not going to. So the reason I ask that is because some like if you're running a franchise model, I would assume a lot of the a lot of these decisions are out of your control, right? You've got to follow whatever the corporate model is when right, it comes to staffing and yeah, and the pay and, and pay for these people and bonuses. You've got more flexibility in as much as you could have, I guess. Like you know, within budgetary constraints. the corporations need to go back and leave that to a local level, make those decisions for their economy and their local area Mm. is the only way you're going to get these restaurants and all these places back on track. Because most of the restaurants you go into, if you notice a lot, half the dining rooms are shut off. Yeah. And I don't see how they're making it. I really do not see how these franchise restaurants are surviving. Yeah, I don't either. So you opened your and you. Do you want to tell us what the name of your restaurant is? You can't. Yeah, it's uh, Joe and Terry's Creamery in Gastonia. We opened ice cream, cheesecake, food, and adult uh, beverage milkshakes, and they're they're going great. Adult and beverage milkshakes. We have adult uh, adult milkshakes, so alcohol-based milkshakes, beer floats. Pardon. So this is like a beer float, essentially. Uh, just like a milkshake, uh, take, for example, like a Kahlua Oreo milkshake. Oh, oh my. And we do good with those. We serve about 80, 80 to 90 people per day on average. and But we have to pay these employees. Yeah. Um, and, and we have to, we have to let them have flexible hours. I mean, it is a struggle to, uh, you know, for them to work the hours they want, but that's the only way we can stay open. So then, now, I guess what you also, and your wife fill in, or you and your family uh, that run the business, you guys do you, you you fill in the gaps. We fill in the gap when we can, right? Yeah. And plus, we also have uh, we have a construction business. We work full time with that. We have eight employees with that. Now that's a little bit different situation than fast food and retail work. How so? Well, because we stay so busy, there's not much of a gap in the construction workers, and they get paid a lot. Right. Okay. So. The construction industry jobs are thriving, and there's not really too much a shortage in that because, you know, some of our electricians make $27, 30 an hour. Right. It's one of the things so, about the trades that is always amazed. Uh, it, it amazes me how few people recognize the really, really good money that people make in the trades. Uh, Joe, I appreciate the call, man. Really great insight. Thanks so much. Good luck with the business as well. Uh, Joe and Carrie's Creamery, I think is what he said, in Gastonia. So... Um, here's a guy who's in business of telling us news. It is, is it Mark Garrison? Today? No, oh, it's Mark, Mark Muller. Yeah. See, they don't have you guys in the window anymore, so I used to be able to just look right there. I knew it was a Mark. Yeah, that's all you need to know. It's a Mark. It's a Mark. Right, there you go. And that's... News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. Uh, so thanks to Joe uh, for calling and talking about uh, his local restaurant. Now, I will say that 
critics that I have seen, at least, um, their argument is, well, employers should have already been, you know, paying workers all this money and they should have been letting them have all of the flexible schedules. They should have already been doing these things. And if they haven't been doing them, then uh, that's why they're, you know, they're having a hard time now. I've seen this sentiment expressed in different cities, different people, different industries. So I always come back to something. Well, nobody has ever paid what they think they are worth. Generally speaking, maybe you get some people like that are in business for themselves and the like, right? But generally speaking, if you're an employee, I've never met somebody who thinks that they are paid what they are worth. Like most people always think that they deserve more money. And maybe they're right, but maybe they're not. (laughs) And what this has shown me, and it should have shown a lot of employers who the people are that want to work and believe that the way they will get more money is to be a better worker, get a better job, and to use whatever job they have now as a stepping stone along a path. So there was a, so the, one of the uh, prior popes, John Paul, he wrote this encyclical about work. And there's just one part of it that I want to give to you. He says, from the beginning, man is called to work. Work is one of the characteristics that distinguish man from the rest of creatures whose activity for sustaining their lives cannot be called work. Only man is capable of work, and only man works at the same time by work occupying his existence on earth. Thus, work bears a particular mark of man and of humanity, the mark of a person operating within a community of persons, and this mark decides its interior characteristics. In a sense, it constitutes its very nature, right? This is what it means to be a person. I mean, he says, man, I'm not trying to ascribe gender here. I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody. If you're non-binary, like I'm not trying to insult you. Just saying humans, human beings, this is innately a part of who we are and what we are. We need to do these things. We need the sense of accomplishment. We need the tasks. We need this stuff in our lives because without it, uh, well, you know, you you can go to some pretty dark places and you can do some pretty bad things. That's also in our makeup as human beings to do really, really terrible things. You know, idle hands, devil works, uh, devil's workshop and all of that. Um, this is the way you participate in a society. It's, it's, it's kind of comical to me in a very sad sort of way, um, how the left gets this so wrong so often, like with like yesterday, Labor Day, I'm, I'm, you know, I refer to it as the communist holiday. It's, and it, it kind of is, right? It's, it's about collectivism. It's about celebrating labor organizations and the like. And by the way, just theoretically, I don't have any problem with people freely associating with one another, joining together, in an organization like that. I don't have any problem with that. I do have a problem uh, if you are a government worker trying to do that, because that's not the same as people in this, in the private sphere doing it uh, because you're not negotiating with a boss. You're negotiating with essentially yourselves. Somebody, because the, the elected officials, like if you donate enough money to them, then they work for you, right? That's why unions give all of the money. 
becomes basically a money laundering kind of an operation where you take tax dollars, you give it to uh, the government, and then the government pays its employees, and the employees take a chunk of that money, and they give it to politicians who then give it back to the employees. And all of it is funded off of private sector revenue, right? So it's the, the public and private sector are just different in the way you would negotiate. But I don't have any problem with a private sector union negotiating. I do have a problem if you're going to force people to join you. I do have a problem with that because that's not freedom, right? But in general, if you would like to you know, create an association, you want to lobby on behalf of all employees, that sort of thing. Now, the employer, they're going to be within their rights to not deal with you. Again, that's just my opinion on the matter. But I think that what the left gets so wrong about this is that they believe that that people are better served when they get to dictate the terms of the work to the person who created the tasks. The things that need to be done are known by the person who creates right, the job. And I've heard, by the way, the left also argue that it's no, 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 it's not the, the employer that creates the job. It's the employee. It's the people. We create the jobs. And so we, because we create demand. See, they look at it from that perspective. They say, this is, you know, us demanding something. And so that creates the need for a supply. And in some cases, I guess that's true, right? But in some cases, people create demand out of nothing. Think like smartphones, right? You just created the demand for a product. Um, and then you say, okay, I got to get these things done. Or Joe with his restaurant, I got to get, you know, these, these different tasks done. I got to get people to do these things. And so I'm going to go out and find people to do those things. And I'm going to assign these tasks to them. This is their work. And they need to finish the work. And by the way, when they do a good job and they finish their work, they should be, you know, compensated fairly, obviously. But there's also a sense of, um, of worth, self-worth. There's dignity in work. That's the whole point. And when you rob people of their ability to do work, you rob them of their dignity. And so from a societal level, a lot of these policies are super destructive, really destructive. I got a couple more numbers here to go over from the jobless uh, report that came out. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Oh, I forgot. September is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. So, I mean, I actually did not forget that. I forgot I meant to tell you this before. But I did not forget that this is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. But if you have forgotten to mark your calendar for our blood drive, you can do that right now. It's going to be on Thursday the 30th. Thursday, September 30th. Make your plans now for the second annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. The One Blood Big Red Bus is going to be at the Community Matters Cafe from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., accepting your donations of blood and platelets, all to help kids who are fighting childhood cancers. And, um, you know, while you're there, you can donate the blood, and then you can also uh, drop into the Community Matters Cafe, get a bite to eat, cup of coffee, and support the life-changing work being done by the Charlotte Rescue Mission. It's at the... Second annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive Thursday, September 30th, 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. Go to WBT.com slash events, and you can get all of the details. You can get directions. 
Well, that's about it. You, yeah, you get the details there. Um, all righty. So what exactly is going on with the uh, the job creation, according to, uh, or the lack thereof, I should say, according to the experts and the president, it's all uh, because of the Delta variant. That's why the jobs report was bad. Um, that's And that's why there are too few people willing to work. It's all because, according to the president, this is from msn.com and an article by Jeffrey Bartash. President Biden blamed the coronavirus Delta variant for the paltry numbers uh, of jobs created in August. But the real culprit might be a shortage of people willing to work. You think? What other explanation could there be when we have like millions and millions of people that are not working, but we still have like millions of jobs that are unfilled? Could it be people not wanting to go take the job? The government on Friday said that the economy created 235,000 new jobs in August. That's about a third of what was forecasted. It is the smallest gain since January. The tepid report raised questions about whether the U.S. recovery has been taken down a peg and when the Federal Reserve finally starts to wean the economy off of its easy money strategy. Easy money strategy. I mean, that is one way to call devaluing the dollar, right? Inducing a sort of hyperinflation uh, scheme here. I mean, I guess that is one easy money strategy. We're going to find out, by the way, what uh, what this theory, this MMT, this monetary theory, we're going to find out whether it works, right? People on the left have been arguing this is like this is like even beyond Keynesian economics. It's like we're just going to keep printing money, and there's no ramifications that we that we can suffer. Just keep doing it. And I know like the MMTers are going to hear me and say that they're like you're oversimplifying it. That's not it at all. But that is, that is it. Like, we're just going to keep printing money because we can, and we're not going to have any kind of repercussions financially. And I I don't agree. I think we're seeing it already. We're looking at prices that are going up. Uh, Christy and I went out to eat over the weekend, and there was, I mean, it was a, it was a nice restaurant. It wasn't like a really, really nice restaurant, but it was, you know, what do they do? The four, what do they have? The four dollar signs. Right up to four dollar signs. This would have been a three, a three out of four dollar signs. And I got because I'm on PhD weight loss, I got just basically protein and, and two vegetables. It was, and it was good, but it was like thirty-six dollars for this meal. And I just drank water. Like that is not like that that's that that that's not because of COVID. That's not because of the Delta variant. Right. That's is that because people aren't showing up to work? They didn't seem to be particularly crushed at the time we went there. So they weren't dealing with a crush that was they didn't seem short staffed, at least with the front of the house. They could have been in the back of the house. Food did take a little bit of time coming out, but not that I complained about it, but just the price of it's like, wow. So this is where you're seeing it. It kind of makes sense. I've also noticed that like a lot of the uh, a lot of menus have been stripped down. Have you noticed this, too? Like now, like eating a lot more salads and I'm seeing like back in my day, they used to offer you 12 salads. I did, I recall there being a lot more salad options. And now it's like you get a house salad or a Caesar salad and that's it. It's like 
That's actually like it was when I was a kid growing up. That was all the salad options you got, right? You'd go in there and it'd be like, here's some iceberg lettuce, a couple of cherry tomatoes, two slices of cucumber, and like, that's your salad. And you're like, can I throw a piece of chicken on there? No, that's not the salad. This is the salad. Like, or you could get the Caesar, and all it was was like romaine with like the Caesar dressing and some croutons. And like, that was a Caesar dressing. I feel like that's what we're going back to. This is not... This is not ideal. Not in my, not, not in my opinion. Um, so there's no question that the Delta variant is why today's jobs report isn't stronger, Biden said at the White House. No question, he says. The Delta variant is why the job report is not stronger. But MSN.com says other clues suggest the virus was a smaller factor. A smaller factor than the number one factor. Consider a pair of ISM surveys of senior executives at America's largest companies. Few cited Delta directly for a slowdown in business in August. Instead, they blamed persistent shortages of labor and supplies. See, the shortage of supplies, I'm wondering, like, is the produce the first to go? Like, if you're running a restaurant, do you have to cut back on produce because it spoils so much faster, you know? They got plenty of demand, in other words, and more than enough orders to keep the economy humming. What they can't get enough of is workers or materials to produce as much as they're able to sell. We are hiring at record levels to staff our restaurants, but turnover is high and many former employees are still on extended unemployment or not ready to return to work. This gets me back to that story about the the Chick-fil-A This was at popculture.com. Chick-fil-A doing some closures around, um, especially around down in uh, Alabama. But they quoted a guy named Nick Bunker. He's an economic research director at Indeed. And according to Mr. Bunker, these issues are plaguing the leisure and hospitality sector as a whole. And here's what he says. This is the expert economic research director at Indeed. So this is like the job finding company, right? Quote. Compared to pre-pandemic times, the sector is having a hard time turning job openings into hires. Uh, yes, okay, we are, all, we are all aware of that, okay. And he says, employers in the industry are having a hard time retaining the workers they already have. Okay, yes, we are aware these are the issues, right? Can't find them, uh, can't find employees, and can't keep employees. Okay, why? Employers, he says now have this two-sided problem, having a relatively hard time bringing folks on and having, a, having to deal with holding on to people that they do have. End quote. End of story. That's it. That's the expert analysis we get from the economic research director at Indeed. That, hey, we have a hard time hiring people and keeping them. That's some really, that's some fantastic guidance on the issue. Appreciate that. (laughs) Why is the question? Why? Why is the question? All right. I'm not sure what's happening. Should we just do the news? (laughs) Let's just do the news.